0: This is the Voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW Radio International, the Voice of the Report of the Week. It is Thursday, the 11th of July, 2019. You may be hearing this broadcast, a wide variety of means, online or over the airwaves. Thank you for tuning in. This is the VORW podcast where we gather here each week and we discuss and talk about and share our opinions and viewpoints on a wide variety of subject matter, Uh, sometimes completely and entirely inconsequential, other times it can be very serious. It's a little bit of everything. Thank you for joining me here and uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you again this week. So I hope the 4th of July, for those of you in the United States, was uh, a very pleasant one. For you, I hope it was enjoyable. If you did or didn't do anything, at the very least, I hope it was a a fine Thursday. And uh, you know, listenership was a a bit better than I expected it to be, although shortwave listenership was down, which makes sense because online you can kind of listen any time you want, but on the radio you have to be there at a certain time and place, and we just have. Our obligations. I, you know, I expected that. So if you see it coming, you're not really going to be surprised and all was well. We still had a good amount of people tuned in for the Thursday show and it went well. Of course, like I said, the Average Day video was released and it's out as we speak. It's out. So if you haven't had the chance to check it out, you can do so. You'll find it right there on the main YouTube channel. It'll be there. And uh it was fun. It's fun to do. You know it's it's a yearly thing, but at least we, we were able to finally get it after all the issues, all the editing issues and logistical logistical nightmare, best way to put it. Anyway, today's program, uh, we're going to reintroduce a kind of a question and it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, we're going to kind of be delving into the paranormal a little bit that's going to be later in the show but this is a preview of it so to speak but I think it's going to be fun and uh, what, what my intention is what I hope is that this is going to lead to a really really interesting discussion uh, for next week's program so we'll you know we'll get into that in a little bit fair enough And uh, otherwise, I mean, the last week, uh, for me, like I said, was pretty good. There was a very unique experience. And it's the only time this ever will happen, very likely, with uh, my shortwave broadcast. But it's an experience, and and radio-wise, it's something I'm never going to forget. And it was a pleasure to have taken part in it. But radio station WBCQ... They were the first radio station I was ever on, you know. The very first show. I uh, I aired, was on them. They were a shortwave station in, in Maine, and that was in early 2015. And I'm still on them to this day. I you know I'm, I still use their transmitters. But they were good. They were a good group of uh, of people, you know. Anyway, they got this new transmitter. That, is the strongest one in the entire... in all of North America, Uh, and they're broadcasting at a power of 500,000 watts. That's 500 kilowatts. And, I mean, most shortwave stations broadcast at 50,000 watts, or 100,000. This is 500,000. And, you know, it was custom-made for uh, a religious ministry that I personally, look, I disagree with them. Uh, They believe in flat earth... And I think that's complete and total uh, BS nonsense. But anyway, you know, look, it's their money. Disappointing though, and I do, I do wonder if what if it is a, it's used for other purposes than that. But where, where did, where did a flat Earth ministry get the money to be able to finance this project? But anyway, so as they uh, got the transmitter. At WBCQ, they were the ones that just kind of set it up and did things on the technical side. And then this Flat Earth Ministry is going to air their programming. And uh, anyway, WBCQ, of course, when you're testing out this transmitter, you need to make sure that it works. So for the last few weeks, they were just playing uh, music and random shows on it and actually listenable stuff just to test out the transmitter. And uh, I was so kind of them. They actually played one of, my, uh, one of my radio shows on the 500-kilowatt transmitter. And, uh, you know, it was, it was wonderfully surprising but sad at the same time, right? Because when my show went out on this test transmission, it was completely unplanned. I didn't even know. And I just checked my phone... And I saw these emails started coming in. And they aired, you know, one hour, one hour radio show, a music show. And correspondence was received, you know, out of the blue. I did not promote this or anything. Uh, from Tunisia and Morocco, all the way over to Australia, New Zealand, and Indonesia. And everywhere in between. So, I mean, literally at least a 12,000-mile swath of of land. Extremely strong signal. I think I must have got about 140 uh, listener reports just out of the blue like that. It was was surreal. Uh, Always with a good signal. But, you know, it was kind of... Like I said, it was incredibly surprising because, number one, it was... This is like a shortwave dream come true to, to be on the most powerful... Station that you can be on even if it's just as a test and to see how many new listeners you can reach but at the same time it was you know personally disappointing to know that the you know that this this transmitter that's going to have such a broad reach is just going to be propagating you know lies and, and garbage and it is what it is you know it's their money not mine but I have my personal objections, but anyway, it was a fun experience nonetheless, and uh, certainly a memorable one. I, I just feel bad for all the new listeners who kind of tuned into this test programming, all the good music and stuff and thought that this is literally a new station that's going to have this good stuff all the time with a signal that's better than ever and instead it's this is just a test to make sure that the transmitter works and that's it. but is what it is. Anyway, it was a unique experience. And, uh, I mean, we heard pretty much from almost all 50 states, uh, Canada, Mexico, uh, Brazil, and, of course, North Africa even, into the Pacific and Asia, and uh, the outreach is incredible. But this is something that I would do. If I had unlimited money, to pipe dream. I would never... Starting a, a radio station in 2019 is, is futile. It will not work. But like, let's say I won the Mega Millions or something, and I had hundreds of millions of dollars to burn. Then I would set up a huge transmitter and just air, you know, some good stuff, twenty-four-seven, uh, give people something to listen to. Yeah, do it as a public service. But anyway, so anyway, that was that was the uh, that was the experience of the week. And uh, otherwise, two things that I want to get to. Number one. Very, very important, and it needs to be mentioned. And I'm I'm not going to be long-winded with this one, because I feel personally I'm un- very uncomfortable doing this. And secondly, I just don't I don't like it. But it's you know it's one of those things that needs to be done. Over the last month, donations have been really low. Uh, when it comes down to radio airtime and operating costs the amount that came in only covers 20% of the total cost. Usually, we just manage to break even or a little less, but this time it's been really low. And I was trying to figure out why that was. And I have a feeling maybe it was because people saw that the views on some of the YouTube videos uh, were higher. Like on the one video, the um, I React to Being a Meme video got a million views. And I think sometimes it's because we've never really been there. You don't really know how much or how little a video like that can earn. And let me tell you the truth. When that video was released, I was pissed and I was infuriated because, you know, I I uploaded it, I got all the info put in, and, you know, it was monetized. I make it public, and you know the way YouTube works. When you make a video public, that period of the first, really the 24 to 48 hour mark, is where almost all of the views come from. And unless you get really lucky with the algorithm, almost all the views you're going to get happen in the first day or two, and then it just kind of pitters out after that. And it was looking good, it was in the green. I release it, and then YouTube demonetizes it. And I can't believe this is still a problem. It's still an issue. So financially speaking, the video earned nothing. And it was very disappointing. Because of course I try to do this. I try to do this to earn a living so I could pay bills. I was saying a couple shows back, the housing market here in Florida is an absolute disaster. Cost of living versus wages is terrible. And you have expenses you have medical bills all of these things right we don't even need to go into it you know you're probably independent or soon will be you know that you have your expenses and you have to budget and you know sometimes you can't even really save anything all your salary has to go to the cost of living and there's certain things that no matter where you are uh, it doesn't matter you know you still have to pay for it like medical treatment all of those things right so anyway, it was very disappointing when this video just completely completely bombed in that way, but it is what it is. But demonetization is still a, a very regular issue. Everyone complains about it nowadays, but it's still a thing. And I think in the last month, like four or five of my videos got demonetized and you know, sometimes I try to just get the word out, repeal it, but by the time that appeal goes through... It's already after that 48-hour mark, the 24 to 48-hour mark. The views are already down. When it's demonetized, it does terrible in the algorithm. And it just never, never, never pays off. But that's down number one. And then number two, any donations and support is also down significantly. I hate doing this. If you can support, please consider it. Donate via PayPal to VORWINFO at gmail.com. Via PayPal to Victor, Oscar, Romeo, Whiskey, India, November, Foxtrot, Oscar at gmail.com. That's phonetically spelled VORWINFO at gmail.com. Also via Patreon, if you don't like PayPal. Patreon.com slash TheReportOfTheWeek Now, if you already donate, you're part of that 20% that's helped out. And if you're in a difficult circumstance and you have your own expenses, I get that. Please take care of yourself, those that you love, you know, you got to do that. You got to put that first. But to the 80... that 80% that needs to be made up, you don't have to donate regularly, but if there's anything that anyone can spare, it's really appreciated. We would be completely fine if even just 20 or 30 people donated $20. Or if a dozen people donated 50 It's done. I know this show doesn't have the world's largest audience, but there still are tens of thousands of people that listen in every week. That's on the books. How many listen over the air? I have no idea. But just a tiny, in the most literal sense, a handful of people. If you can help, it's appreciated. You know how. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop wasting time here. Coming up next is a short segment that I've recorded in the wake of the earthquakes that impacted California. Of course the future there is still uncertain but as I picked up the microphone it was something that I felt very sincerely about something that I want to share and then following that we're going to get to the question for this week's program which again I think is going to be an interesting one and I think if all goes well it's going to make for a really fun show probably one of the most fun ones we've had in a while coming up next week and then we're going to open up the mailbag going to uh, just take a look and see what you have to say and uh, what topic suggestions, questions, and pieces of feedback you have to offer. If you're listening in right now, you can send me an email to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. It would be a pleasure to hear from you. This is v-o-r-w. This is one thing that I'll discuss from time to time. And, you know, it's something that I've been doing for years, but it's worth bringing up Every so often. Now, I, I just think sometimes back to you know, like 2017. Maybe even parts of 2018. I, w- I would go as far as to say, even into 2018. And I was much more vigorous in this type of promotion. And, I mean, look, that's just how it was. But I figure now I'll just kind of save it you know, and reserve it on occasion, because otherwise, like, look, you know how it is. If you just try and tell someone to do the same exact thing every single time, it, I, I don't know, it kind of waters down the meaning. It's like, yeah, I know already, okay, stop, stop telling me. But if you say the exact same thing, but now you space it out to, instead of, let's say, once a week, but to once every couple of months, the meaning is the same, the message is the same, but the impact may be different. And perhaps even greater. But either way, look—that's aside the point. Uh, that's not what I what I got here to talk about today, really tonight. But I mean, you know what I mean. And that's the importance of radio. Now, look again. This is something I know that I've I've talked about before, and it's something that I'm going to talk about again. But it's something that's worth it. And I mean, what what really got me thinking about that was the recent earthquakes in California. And you know what I was saying in the last show. You know that I was saying, look, you never know what's going to happen. Right? You you just don't. And while I put more of a a personal spin to it, kind of like like saying, well, you don't know what's going to happen with your life, or so on. uh, We don't know what's going to happen in regards to current events. uh, Both good or bad, right? Or we said uncertainty. And yes, while we can predict certain things, a lot of the time, just because something can predict, be predicted, uh, doesn't mean we can do much else about it. Now, I'm, I'm especially thinking about natural disasters here. But this applies to a lot of things, right? Like, look, earthquakes, you can kind of predict them, not really, right? You can observe the four shocks. That's not going to stop it. If the big one's going to happen, it's going to happen. And if California gets a nine magnitude earthquake tomorrow, it's going to happen. And that's it. Knowing that it's going to happen isn't going to stop it. We know that. Just because we have a feeling that something's going to happen with earthquakes, it's not going to change the outcome. Not going to change the impact or lack thereof. It's not going to change the fact that everything can go down. Communication lines, power, cell service, 5G, forget about it. You're not even going to have a bar on your phone or any data. What's left? How do you get information? Word of mouth? What if you're cut off? What if you're inaccessible? What if everyone around you knows nothing more than you do? How do you know what's going on? Television with what electricity? Smartphone's gonna be useless. It can't connect to anything. There's no cell, cell signal to make any phone calls. So much for that. No internet. What's left? Radio. When things... go horribly wrong... There is always one, and I repeat, one means of communication that is always there, that is always up, and that's radio, AM, FM, shortwave. Those are going to be the last things standing, especially the latter two, AM, and shortwave. You know, FM radio is very localized coverage, and if something happens, so much for that. But you can still pick up signals on AM and shortwave from very, very far away places. I was thinking about the recent earthquakes. I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm really thankful that, of course, look, it was bad. But it could have been a lot worse but take it as a sign take it as this you just don't know when the big one is going to happen it can be at any time and take my word on it it will always it will always catch us off guard you don't wake up you don't sit there and think oh yeah, yeah I can't wait for the destructive earthquake to happen Right. We do not expect it. We can have a knowledge that it may happen one day based on uh, seismic events and all the predetermined factors that are at play, but it'll still catch us off guard. Or, you know, we, we also sometimes get caught in that trap where we just don't think it's going to happen to us, right? You read in the news about some disaster, large or small, it you know, can be either one, could impact the nation could impact the town could impact just a couple people but you read about it and you think you know look it's it's unfortunate for them but I'm alright I'm okay everything's good you know it's not gonna happen to me we just we, we don't we don't it's just something that we don't think about but it can I really hope it doesn't but it can and one day you may find yourself in a situation where through an earthquake, a hurricane fires could be war, could be civil unrest could be government suppression you're going to find yourself isolated and you're going to find yourself without any way of knowing what's going on in this void no information but you see, there's a way to avoid that. And like I said, that's by having a radio. You might think to yourself, oh, you're just peddling these stupid radios so you can get more people to listen to your show. Not at all. If you don't believe what I'm saying, then go ahead and go look at what FEMA has to say. Look what pretty much every single government has to say. Are they, are they in cahoots with me? Are they trying to get me more shortwave listeners? Look what all of them have to say in regards to preparedness. And if you don't believe them, then go ahead and look at any run-of-the-mill safety guide for any disaster. And what's one of the things that's always on the list? A radio. A portable, battery-operated radio or a hand-crank or solar-power radio. Now, you don't have to be a radio person. Look, I get it. There's things that interest us and there's things that don't interest us. You don't need to be a radio person. You don't need to be someone who's glued to the radio 24-7. Look, you can keep a radio packed up in a box with a few batteries or turn it on once a month. or Sure, listen every single day but if things ever go down and those communication outlets get shuttered one by one you're gonna be really really thankful that you have one because like I said that's the last line and if radio's down and so is everything else and this problem is a lot bigger a lot bigger than anything we've ever dealt with before. Because otherwise, there will always be radio stations. That is literally the last line of information in any crisis, any disaster, any emergency. I'll say from personal experience, look. I've never really dealt with any huge earthquakes. I've dealt with a few minor ones up in New York, but nothing crazy. But hurricanes I went through a couple. When I was quite young, of course, I went through Hurricane Floyd, went through Hurricane Irene, Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Matthew, and of course, Hurricane Irma. And in those situations, the high winds, the precipitation, all of that, will knock power out. And in the more severe storms, such as Sandy and Irma, so was cell service. So where did I get my news from? I have a portable radio at Texun, PL six sixty. Flipped it on to the AM, and I listened to AM five forty, a very high power station here in Florida, that kept me up to date. And then in the next few days, as things were being restored, I was glued to the talk radio. And when I wanted to get some worldwide news, I would occasionally flip on the shortwave, see what was going on there. And that's how I stayed up to date when nothing else was there. When nothing else was going. When there was no internet or any of that. Nothing to connect to on my phone. Now, I'm not going to... to say I'm not going to force you, it's impossible. But I will say I strongly implore you to, at the very least, consider, consider getting a radio if you don't have one already. Get a portable radio that's either battery-powered or comes with a hand crank, especially if it's a hand crank or solar-powered radio. If, if things are really bad one day... Those will continue indefinitely. All you need to do is either keep it out in the sun and it'll power itself, or use the hand crank and manually power it, but that'll last indefinitely. But, otherwise, battery-operated radios are good to have, too. But I really recommend you get one. And in disaster situations, yes. Of course, we always think about the essentials, food, water... Shelter, making sure that you're okay and that your family, your friends, your loved ones, your pets, they're okay too, right? That's extremely important. That comes first. But information is an essential thing as well. Because sometimes knowing certain pieces of info can literally be the difference between life or death. So I recommend you have a radio. And what you do with it is on you. If you want to tune in every single week and hear my show, I welcome you to do so. I'll help you out. I'll give you the best frequencies. But if you just keep it in in its packaging, with some batteries or power supply or whatever, keep it on a shelf, in a box, in a kit, in a bag, as long as you have it, you know where it is, that's what's important. If you're thinking about it, you're thinking maybe I maybe I should invest in one. I recommend it. Personal recommendations. The Texun brand radios, that's T E C S U N, not Texan, as in Texas, but Texun T E C S U uh, N. Their lineup of radios, especially the Texun PL six sixty, the Texun PL880, the Texun PL310ET with the Texun PL380 radios they're affordable look 50 bucks and this is not something that you're going to use once this is something that you're going to have for years or longer right? it's a one-time buy not like you need to buy one every, every week it's not the world's biggest expense you save up a little bit for it and it's going to last you Texan radios are excellent quality, I should add. But otherwise, look up the uh, C-crane radios. That's C- -C C C-R-A-N-E C-crane Skywave. That's another good radio. And some real good emergency hand crank radios. Uh, Just look up Kato. That's K-A-I-T-O emergency radios. And some of those will include the weather band as well as shortwave, which is very useful. Uh, One thing that's good at least is in in a significant disaster, like when I was going through Hurricane Irma, all the AM stations syndicated the EAS messages from the National Weather Service. So if there is a tornado possible, it would be heard on the AM radio too. So it would not just be you would need a weather radio. If you have an AM radio, you'll you'll be able to hear that as well, the urgent weather updates. So it's just something that I wanted to talk about. I know it's kind of like a gloomy talk, but it's something that I say with great urgency, sincerity, and I'm just saying this because I want to help you. I, I want to make sure that If let's just say with these earthquakes, for instance, if it gets any worse, either next week or in ten years, that you'll be prepared. Because communication is one of those things that we often overlook, but it's 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 just as important as all the other things too. Stay informed, stay alert, and stay safe. And if you do want to get a radio and you want to support this this podcast, this radio show, this channel, then I really recommend you get it from my Amazon store, amazon.com slash shop slash the report of the week. Helps this show, of course, but most importantly, I want it to help you. And if you already have a radio, Give yourself a pat on the back. Something I think everyone needs to have and you have yourself in a good spot just by owning one. So thank you. I just wanted to give a really sincere talk about being prepared and just how important I think having a radio is in these situations. We're going to get on to some more lighthearted subjects coming up next on VORW Radio International. Likewise, if you do want any assistance in getting a radio, I will drop everything to help you. I will. Anyone who emails me at vorwinfo at gmail.com, I will, I will give you a reply. I take note of your inquiries, your questions. I have a special folder just for people who have radio-related queries And I'm going to help you out. This is what I do. So, if you have any questions, any help, you get a shortwave radio, you want the best VORW frequencies for your area, I'll help you out. So, don't ever worry about that. You have questions, ask, and I'll do what I can to help you. Well, that's all I just needed to... I needed to give this talk. I know it was a couple minutes, longer than maybe I anticipated, but... I think it needed to be done. Thank you for bearing with me. This is VORW International. Now, I don't know if you saw, the other day, I did a review for Burger King's New Tacos. And it was a very heavily disputed review. Now, nonetheless, I think it was kind of, you know, it was an inventive idea. I mean, they were going out there and they did it. But I was thinking to myself the other day, you know, I have a better idea for Burger King. And I don't think, you know... But we'll see. I'm just going to pitch it right now. So you know how the taco is... Right, you have the beef, alleged beef, in the middle. And it's surrounded by the tortilla, kind of on both sides. It's holding it in place. And then you have the lettuce the cheese, the sauce, right? Imagine if you replaced the tortillas with buns. And hear me out. So you had one bun on the bottom and one bun on the top. And in between those buns, you took the meat you kind of solidified it a little bit, kind of into like a patty type of shape, and you included the lettuce, the cheese, uh, sauce, maybe some tomato or onions, you know, some of the things you'd use to kind of spice up a taco, and you put it in there, and you made something out of it. I think that would be quite a whopper of a sandwich, don't you? (laughs) It's been a while since I I gave a joke that's stupid, but nonetheless, you're listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Well, Thank you for joining me in today's broadcast. We are in the second half of the program now. If you are listening in, your questions, comments, and feedback are all welcome. Send me an email, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. All right, so in today's program, I have a question for you. It's a little bit of a question, a little bit of an open call for stories and feedback. Here we go. It's an interesting subject, and it's one that I want to dedicate a good amount of time to next week, and that's the paranormal. Now, we all have different definitions of what may constitute something paranormal, I'm specifically thinking like kind of ghosts, supernatural, energy, uh, I mean, you name it, that type of stuff. Not necessarily, uh, you know, types of creatures or UFOs or any government stuff at this point, but mostly just from the paranormal side of things. I myself, I always consider myself to be a skeptic, uh, because personally I haven't had any experiences at least not that I know of. Now, I mean, I've watched the ghost shows. I've watched uh, the ghost hunters shows and ghost adventures and uh, all those types of shows in the series. And I've read various literature. And of course, I've looked at some of the more serious stuff, not just the complete, you know, stuff that's just entertainment exclusively. And I've stayed at, you know, haunted hotels and haunted sites and all of that. And I myself have never had an experience. But despite that, I'm not going to be an ardent opponent of it. I'm not going to say I refuse to believe that it exists. Uh, Because if I have an experience, look, I'm going to change my mind. Sometimes, as they say, seeing is believing. And, I mean, what do we know? You know, when it comes down to energy and all of that, who is to say? Here's my question. Have you had a paranormal experience in your life? And if so, if you feel comfortable with sharing it, what was it? So again, if you've had a paranormal experience in your life, what was it? What happened? And, you know, what do you feel about it? That is the topic for the program. Your feedback and comments are appreciated. So submit your responses to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. If you want to get on the show, that's how it's done. Uh, Any comments or pieces of feedback left through direct messages on social media will not be read... Email is the best and only way to get on this program for now. And if you don't have any paranormal experiences, then what are your thoughts on it? Do you think, regardless of whether you've had an experience or not, do you think that there is any possibility for ghosts and all of that to exist? Or do you believe that to be impossible? So even if you don't have an experience, you can still have your comments, and uh, words in, and your feedback and opinions, so even if you don't have any experiences to share, what do you think, do you think it's real, do you think it's not, are you kind of on the fence, you know, like, uh, that's how I kind of feel, even though I always have the skepticism, I'm still willing to lend an ear, and analyze these situations. And I'm not going to be dismissive. I'm not going to say, obviously, this you know, this didn't happen and you're making it up and all of that. I'm, I'm always going to listen. And let me just say, for the record, I think there are a lot of things in this world, in the universe, you name it, that we don't know. And that are just big, huge question marks out there. So, your responses are appreciated. And uh, I think... If all goes well, we're going to have a really interesting show. Again, the means of communication, V O R W I N F O, at gmail.com. But I always think this stuff is fascinating. You know, it's one thing, even though I don't necessarily cover it too much, it's always fascinated me. It always has. You know, the unknown. And. I mean, just paranormal stuff, conspiracies, uh, unexplained events, unexplained creatures, encounters, you name it. Like I said, even if I'm a bit of a skeptic myself, it is absolutely fascinating, because there's... I still feel, no matter what, there are so many what-ifs out there, you know? So anyway, that line of communication is open. And with that, let's go to some other miscellaneous... Listener suggested topics to go over. If you have a miscellaneous topic suggestion or anything you would like to share, I also open up the lines for that. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And even if you don't have anything to say but you just want to say hello, uh, go for it as well. Your comments are always appreciated and welcome. All right, Hayden is writing in, and uh, he says... I was wondering if I could get your opinion on the very black mirror and dystopic social credit system that China has put in place for its citizens. It seems it works much like a credit score in the US, but if you have a low one, you cannot access basic things a high-scoring citizen can, such as plane travel, leaving the country, and eligibility for different homes or vehicles. Thanks again for taking the time to read our emails and being so good about interacting with your fans. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for writing in, Hayden. You know, it's a creepy thing when you read about this. The social credit system in China. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a way that they monitor the entire population and essentially rank people on various things. And, I mean, literally, depending on how you are as a person, you're either going to succeed or be suppressed. It's scary. It's, in my opinion, extremely controlling, oppressive. And here's the scariest thing about it. Part of me thinks, if you look at this, this is a very real possibility of the future in the Western world. And I really don't think it's going to be the government that's going to implement something like this should it happen one day. It's going to be these huge social media companies, Uh, be that ones that exist now or in a few decades, something that's going to be even bigger. I mean, we already know how connected the world is. Now, anything can happen, but one distinct possibility. Things will become even more connected. We're all going to be... Literally, I mean, we already are in a sense, but even more so. Our entire lives are going to be hooked up to these types of social media sites, and they will govern our lives day to day more than any government will. And I can see this being a possibility, where they'll look at you, and if you don't do certain things, or you do certain things, you'll be punished or rewarded in society. And you're going to be up against every other person. And this is how your life is going to play out. And you know what? They'll say, hey, if you don't want to do it, then just opt out. And you won't get anywhere in the world. You won't get anywhere in the country. You'll be homeless. You'll be broke. You'll probably die. So, you can either opt out and die, or be part of it and deal with it. And all I can say is that I hope with sincerity that something like this never, ever happens. But as soon as I saw it, I just kind of shook my head and I thought, this could happen here. It could, and it might one day. And it's extremely dystopian, and all I can say is that I hope it doesn't. I don't mean to be so pessimistic, but as soon as I saw this, the first thing that I thought was, this is probably how it could end up being over here in 30 years but I hope that's not the case. I really, really hope it's not the case. And I'm just thankful that it isn't right now, and I hope it stays that way, because I am, I am not a supporter of this. I really, I hate it, to be honest. I'm kind of staying on social media. Alex in Ontario, Canada writes in, uh, could you talk about your thoughts on social media and how it's changed humanity? I personally think it's horrible. And in a way, we've actually become antisocial from social media. In a similar thought of how everything from video games to likes on Instagram give us a sense of artificial satisfaction. This can be some deep stuff you can go into, uh, but you can take the spotlight on this. Well, thank you, Alex, for writing in. And I mean, again, here is the thing when it comes down to social media, right? It, it does control us in a way and there are still ways to get by without social media and at least it's still kind of you know acceptable to unplug but I mean to some people it's not to some people leaving your social media is the greatest uh, offense you can you can do so it seems but here's the question kind of tying it in with what I was saying earlier is social media gonna plateau? and it'll just be what it is, or is it going to get ingrained even more into our lives? I mean, we have to wait and see. It's kind of funny, though, when you you think, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s, they said, oh, don't put your information online. You know, you don't know who is reading it and who is seeing it. And, you know, uh, be, be wary of who you... You, who you trust online, and so on. And some of those very same people you see on Facebook that have their information, their phone number, some, some even their address, uh, you know, you name it. Extremely gullible. It's like, what, what, what the heck happened? You know? So who's to say, but it's just an interesting observation. But where will things go in the future? Uh, we just have to see what happens. All right, we have Hector, who is writing in, and uh, he says, I was listening to your podcast on the 4th of July, and I believe that we need to appreciate all that we have. Shows are very enjoyable, and I have a question. How do you stay cool on warm days? Well, what I always do... Now, here here is a thing. I do not sweat very much. So, I mean... In the Florida heat and humidity, that's why I can wear a full suit still. But otherwise, I'll wear short sleeves. I'll go with the short sleeve dress shirts, as unorthodox as they are. I mean, that's what I'm wearing right now as I'm recording this. Uh, And I'll also go with some cool drinks. That's one thing that I'll also do it. A nice iced beverage, right? That's what I'm going with, too. I'm drinking an iced coffee, and uh, that's what we have. Now, I apologize in advance, uh, as we have all these bloody insects that are starting to fire up for the day, and uh, I apologize, this is supposed to be a directional microphone, but if it's unbearable, I apologize, it is to my ears anyway, wish they would all stop, but, you know, you deal with it, I also realize that they're very important for the ecosystem, perhaps, and you know, they don't, they don't realize what they're doing, so we'll see. All right, we have a few more topics coming in. You're listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. If you are listening in right now, you can send me an email with a response or topic suggestion to VORWINFO at gmail.com. All right, Anna Rose is checking in. She says, I recently moved across the country from Michigan to Nashville, Tennessee. Unfortunately, I had to transfer schools because of this. In my new school, I kept having unexplainable moments of familiarity and recognition, even though I had never seen the school before in my life. This is known as déjà vu. There are many theories that attempt to explain why we experience déjà vu, A few of the most popular, including a glitch in life simulation slash matrix, a memory from a dream we've had once, a memory from a past life, etc. My question to you is, do you experience the sensation of déjà vu frequently? What do you believe causes the sensation? Thank you for writing in. When it comes down to déjà vu, I have experienced it a good number of times before. Where you know, like you said, I'll be sitting there, and I'll be thinking, "Wait a minute, you know this, this strikes me very familiar." It'll seem like you know I've, yeah, I, I've I've been here before. I've done this before, you know. It's it's yeah. It's like I'm repeating myself. Now that makes me wonder. Exactly like you said, what does cause it? Uh, is it? And I really have no idea what causes it. Again, you know, the the skeptic part of me would believe it to be perhaps a little bit of a a most literal sense, a glitch in our formation of memories. And that just maybe due to the chemicals and all of that in our brain, just for some reason it causes an incorrect sense of familiarity uh, that really does not exist. Because in the end, I think, you know, we're kind of... We're like organic computers, in a sense, and we're bound to have our own glitches and issues and all of that, and this could be one of them. Who's to say? Some other thoughts that'll cross my mind, though, uh, that are a lot more out there. I mean, what if it is a simulation? And this is, again, literally a sense of it being, again, the most literal sense, almost a type of glitch in simulation or reality. Another thought that's crossed my mind is what if there is the chance of there being parallel universes or multiple universes, and somehow they just cross over a little bit, and that's what causes it. I mean, who is to say? It's a fascinating thing either way, and I have, I have, it's happened to me many, many times before, so thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Juan in Uruguay has a quick question. He says, uh, do you like to drink alcohol, and if so, what's your favorite drink? I do drink on occasion, nothing heavy. It's not like I'll go and get a bottle of Jack Daniels and guzzle it down or anything to that, or I won't do any shots or, God forbid, the, the flaming shot where you see so many videos where the people forget to extinguish it and forget to let the glass settle and burn themselves by accident. Now, you can make fun of me all you want, and that's fine. Get it out of your system if you would like. I'll drink wine on occasion. You know, maybe I don't really think that surprises too many people. That's usually my beverage of choice. But I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker at all most of the time. Maybe. Maybe once a week at most. You know, I'm, I'm not. It's just it's something to do. But I'm not very, very frequent at that. But thank you, Juan. And I mean, the one interesting thing with, with drinks, of course, is how customizable they can be go to a bar, go to a restaurant, if you want to go try and make your own drinks. You know, of course, practice will make perfect, but there are so many different things you can do. And, you know, with time, you can probably make something just the way you like it. There's such such an option for customizing something. I think that's the great thing about it. But with anything, especially in regards to alcohol, responsibility one of the most important things and you gotta drink responsibly never ever drink and drive and don't do anything stupid it's fine to enjoy a drink here and there but you just have to do so with responsibility and try anyway to preserve a little bit of a sense of dignity whilst doing so you know anyway uh, let's see what else we have gabe in evansville indiana I started my own YouTube channel around two months ago. I'm happy with my content, and I'm learning more and more tricks with editing that I add into my videos. As far as my reach goes, my first video did really well, but since then, my views have been on a decline. I know my channel is in its infancy, but I want to know what you do to get past that disheartening feeling when your content ...doesn't perform as well as you hoped. Thank you, Gabe. Now, here's... ...one thing, first and foremost... ...and it won't necessarily... ...you know, I was reading about this the other day... ...about YouTube, YouTube... ...performance... ...with views, etc. ...is that... ...and look, I know it's tough... ...but when you start out a YouTube channel... ...especially when you first... ...start out... ...we cannot focus on the views, right? When I started out my YouTube channel back in 2011, I mean, I didn't even get one subscriber for weeks. You know, that's how long it took for me to get one subscriber. And, you know, it didn't even take... It, it, like, let, let's put it this way, right? From early 2011 to early 2013, that's two years of uploading on a weekly basis, I only had 200 subscribers. And that was it. And, I mean, now the statistics, it's so crazy how it's changed. In the amount of time that I've just been recording this part of the show, you know, I've surpassed that amount. It's it's crazy. But when it comes down to views and subscribers, especially when you're starting out, we just can't focus on those numbers at first. And I know it's tough. But you just have to have the ideas, you have to have the videos, you have to you have to have really the motivation to make them. And you just gotta go for it. You gotta say, well, I had fun making this video. That's what's important. Might not have been a lot of people that saw the video. Might be a dozen, or it might be 200, or 2,000. But it still got out to people, didn't get out to zero people, still got out to people who enjoyed the content and most importantly, I enjoyed making it. Now, I know though, let me let me just get to the root of the issue, right? You can have that mindset and you still you want to see a video do well, I understand. And when it doesn't do well, it's disheartening. You know, what was really disheartening for me the other week was when I, you know, I I uploaded... I worked on that meme video for a while. And I was sitting there for hours and hours editing the thing. And I know it's not perfect editing, but, yeah, it took a long time to do. And it was just lots of effort, lots of time put into it. I really planned this one out. And then to see it get demonetized, that was... Many, many, many uh, disheartening thoughts and profanities went through my head during that time. I was thinking, you know, I I felt like it was for nothing. Now, of course, I know that it wasn't, but it was very disheartening. And the most important thing to realize when it comes down to content, it might not do well. It might not get the views that you wanted it to. You name it. But the one thing to realize... The one... Guarantee... I guarantee you... The one thing that will lead you to failure... On YouTube... Is if you stop uploading... Because if you stop uploading... And you give up... You thereby are taking your hat out of the ring... And you have no chance... Whatsoever of really getting any additional views or subscribers. Now, yes, yes, the algorithm could be in your favor and a video could still do well, but it really reduces that chance. Most importantly, if you like what you're doing and it's something that you're motivated and inspired to do, do not give up. Keep going, because you just never know what's going to happen and when things may turn themselves around. With my own channel, I know, you know, most videos still do very well. They get many, many thousands of views. But earlier in the year, you know, the views did drop. And let's say what might have usually gotten 150,000 views was only getting 50,000 views instead of the 100,000 more it would usually get. And views dropped. And, you know, it's disheartening, but I said to myself, look, I still enjoy doing this. There's still people that watch it. I'm going to keep at it. Because if you're persistent, and you keep uploading, and you're pumping out this content that you enjoy making, you just never know what's going to happen. So all I can say is that you still have your ups, your downs. You always, always will. You're going to have those moments that are just going to disappoint you. But don't give up. If it's something that you like, what you're doing, don't give it up. Keep at it, because you never know what's going to happen going forward. So that's my advice to you, Gabe. I really hope things pick up for you. And uh, that's where it stands. Thank you for writing in. And if anyone else has comments, feedback, questions, and also responses, if you've had any paranormal experiences or your thoughts on the paranormal, please share them, submit them, and write in v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com I'm going to conclude this broadcast now. Thank you for listening, and I'll be seeing you again next week. We have a really good show planned for you then, so I hope you can tune in. Do take care. This is VORW.